Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Famula One. I'm your host, Jamie. I'm here with my sister, Jack. Hi, everybody. And we have a special guest this week. Welcome, Nina. Hi, Nina. Hi, guys. Yeah, so this week we are joined by my wonderful friend, Nina. Um, We have watched a F1 race together. We watched Vegas together. Um, but she's new to the Famula, the Formula One space. I keep wanting to say Famula because that's also the Famula. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Famula. <laughs> um, and so this is Nina came up with this. She is inserting herself into the podcast. She's becoming the third host. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> visionary for sure. We are going to be doing essentially no dumb questions. The Kelsey brothers, uh, Jason and Travis, they do this on their podcast and people can just come to them and ask questions about football. I think also about their lives. Probably not, but I think it's just about football. And so we're just going to run through some questions that new people might have that, you know, people don't go into necessarily on their podcast or drive to survive doesn't go into unless it's Will Buxton using a weird euphemism, but that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And uh, to caveat this before we get started, we're doing this for fun. Um, yeah. We, Jack and I, are not claiming to be experts by any means, um, no. but we're doing this, you know, to give people a little bit more context um, as we head into this next season. If you have these questions, then hopefully we can help you answer them. Um, and yeah, this is fun. This is all for fun. <laughs> is this for fun? And we're all gonna have fun. <laughs> you're forced to have fun. So Nina, whenever you're ready, feel free to take it away. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And my own caveat is that I truly mean no offense if any of these <laughs> questions <laughs> they're they're so deeply rooted and just pure naive naivety. Is that a word? Naivete. Naive. Perhaps. Is that how you pronounce it? Naive. Naive. Ignorance, maybe. I'll go that route. These, <laughs> these questions are based in pure ignorance, and they're going to sound offensive to probably anybody who cares about this sport, but I genuinely mean it. Sorry, my cat's attacking me. Um, <laughs> Stop. Seriously, this is not the time. Um, okay, first question, and I mean this, again, in the least offensive way possible. How is this a sport? Because, hear me out, Growing up, there's there's so many debates, like, is cheerleading a sport? Is dancing a sport? Like, yeah, like, the, the physicality that's required in those sports, like, it's an easy yes for me. How is this a sport? Please answer. Yeah, yeah. no, it's a valid question, because you, like, watch it, and it's just driving. Oh, hello, kitty. Hi, honey. Just, just keep going. Um, no, it's a valid question, right? Um, and we have a fourth guest now. Um, so exciting. Um, but you get, yeah, cause you watch it and it's just driving. Um, and really the physicality comes into it with the, the speeds that they're driving at and the G forces associated. So they're turning around corners and even in formula one, those formula one cars do have power steering. Other series don't. So that's another way where that becomes more physical so but formula one specifically they're going around these corners and the g-forces are like crazy jack correct me if i'm wrong i think they're like 10 to 15 g's around some corners so it's like muscling through that 
and keeping yourself straight up and down in the car. Um, you have to be really strong to be able to do that. Um, with not power steering, so that's like IndyCar, um, the lower like F2, F3, um, and I believe NASCAR also doesn't have power steering. So that means like you have to like literally muscle the car through the turns. Um, I don't know, Jack, am I missing anything there? I think just the the physicality of it 100%. I think also like the mental like the mental strength that it takes to be in this car going those speeds is insane and as an athlete you need to have incredible mental strength um and you need to be able to like go into these things over and over and over again um and they do and it's such an adrenaline sport that i also think that it's like a little bit in my mind it's like a little bit higher up in like the sport hierarchy if there is one because it is so dangerous um yeah because i think there's just so much to think about it's kind of like you're playing chess but you're moving at 150 180 miles an hour do people die playing this sport is it called yeah. playing, participating in this sport you don't play f1 i don't think driving yeah. but yeah luckily, <laughs> participating is a good one luckily not super often anymore um it used to be very very common but safety has improved a lot but yes yes well, that's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So do they have to like, how do you practice? Like, how do you, pra how do you practice? Like, how do you warm up? Like what, what's your, what's your physical like, preparation? That's like a like, really like, good question. Or like, just, how do you prepare for that kind of yeah. It's such a good question because you can't just get, the cars are so expensive to make, to repair, to do anything. So you can't just like have them keep going out in the car. And so a lot of them will be training like do drive I'll call it drive training don't know if that's the correct term but it's drive training in what they call a sim so it'll be just like this big simulator and it'll have a screen and you can just practice the tracks practice the turns and it will have the same like Jamie and I both did one in New York City and it'll have the same kind of like jolts it'll sell the same I pro they can adjust it yeah we were <laughs> just well, theirs are also it like was easy but it has like the same physical toll that it it would to drive the car on the track. They also have different um, exercises that they do a lot for their neck um, because that is what takes a lot of the like, that's the one thing that's like really not protected. Um, you can see if you, if you watch an F1 driver take people out in like kind of an F1 type car, you'll see that they're, pretty perfectly they're not really moving but if you see somebody else they're like their neck is just moving everywhere so they have a lot of strength in their neck <laughs> they do a lot of core strength so there's this i don't even know what it's called but it's this thing where it will just you, they just turn it essentially with their their core yeah oh yeah and yeah. i've seen that and and it that's just like all core strength them trying to like essentially drive through what the g-forces would be like I don't know if you want to add anything else, Jim, or explain yeah. things better. Yeah, yeah no, that's I, well, a lot of neck. There's a lot of like, yeah, clips of um, there's a lot a of neck, huge neck. Like that's like a, their thing is just huge necks. Yeah, there's a clip of George Russell, <laughs> the, one of the drivers. Yeah. He like hung, I think it was like 30 kilos or maybe even more from his neck. Like he was just like 
laying down and they hung it from his neck and he just like was able to keep his head up straight. Um, so very, a lot of muscle building there. And then on the sim stuff, so each team will have, it's like a multi-million dollar simulator that basically it's like they're driving that specific car and they like can even adjust the settings in the car based on the simulator. So they can, and they can go around different tracks and that's how they learn new tracks too. Like within so the they practicing tracks like virtually before they're actually, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Isn't that so wild? They, already, they already know they're like not going in blind every race. They're like, they've prepared for that specific race before physically doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, and there's like, you know, the in-person stuff that they still have to adjust to, but in terms of like where the turns are and how, you know, long straights are and things like that, they'll practice all of that on the sim. Interesting. Yeah. So that leads me to my next question. How are you strategizing? Like, I don't even really understand how you win a race, but like, what's the strategy other than just like drive the car. Like my the most simple comparison in my very tiny little stupid brain is Mario Kart. I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. But like the strategy is just don't come in last. So like what are we strategizing here? What's, what's happening? <laughs> very similar. Don't come in last. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so a, a lot of that is um, it's kind of like everything. So the biggest one that they talk about during races, I feel like the one that we hear about the most is pit stops. So when to take a pit stop based on where you are. So like how far behind is the person behind you and how far ahead is the person ahead of you and what is their pit stop strategy? So have they already taken a pit stop and they have brand new tires so you should stop now or have they not stopped yet? Um, also when you do stop, what kind of tire are you putting on? You know, are you putting on based on the track? It could be different tires are going to be better fit for different things and different tires will last longer, which will affect your pit stop strategy. Also, um, they do have the engines have like, I would assume probably hundreds, but tons of different modes that they can be in. Um, so some are going to be, you know, I'm, they're trying to catch the person in front. So the strategist will be in the radio being like, this X person is 1.5 seconds ahead. Engine mode this, meaning we're going to use more energy from the engine and push harder at this stage to try to catch that person. Or we're going to go into energy saving mode because you're in a good spot right now. We don't think you can move up. Um, and probably lots and lots of other things but it's all like scientific so they have everything down to a science of they track where everybody else is they track what everybody else is doing for for their strategies to uh, then inform the strategies that they tell their driver they're going to be doing are there like archetypes of strategies like certain teams typically employ strategy a where other teams employ strategy b like there's groupings of different types of like strategies that different teams use or is it like very very niche to every single team they have their own specific catered strategy to their car and their drivers yeah i think it's more the second one um beyond the fact that like the running joke is that ferrari has just terrible strategy <laughs> um but 
a lot of it will be catered to like that driver, that car, um, where, you know, how did their qualifying session go the day before? Is this a good, this track specifically a good Mm -hmm. fit for this car? Um, Based on how the car is built and how it runs, different tracks will be better for different cars, which will affect the strategy. Interesting. And what happens at a pit stop? Oh, so much. (laughs) (laughs) in In the race that I saw, that's where like everything went wrong all the time yeah and i'm i'm just like do pit stops ever not go terribly wrong and like they do um i can say as a person who's a fan of a world record holder oh gosh Mm. that they do go correctly Mm. um but i think that like pit stops so they'll change the tires if the car is damaged itself, they can change pieces of the car. Not always. Um, like the front wing, it's a piece that goes out like a T. They can take that completely off and change it out. Um, and then I don't think they can really... I'm trying to think of what else they could change on a pit stop. Um, they don't... In Formula One, they don't refuel on a pit stops. There are other races that they would, but Formula One doesn't do that. Um the big thing is, is yeah, the tires. And if all the tire, again, not using a technical term, the tire guns are working correctly, making sure they don't get stuck. That's where things will just go wrong is if the screws aren't coming off. If the mm-hmm. If somebody's gun is going, making sure it's going the correct way. Like there's just like a million different things that can just go wrong. Um, yeah. So it's, that's it's, where and that's where strategy can also change is if pit state pit stops don't go well yeah mm. it's it's also um they they're so fast like the the world record congratulations jack congratulations mclaren is 1.8 seconds so the whole pit stop like they took the tires off put the new tires on in 1.8 seconds yeah. so so much has to go right for that to be done in anything close to that like and there's so many people involved in so many tools. So like all it takes is one person pu- not pulling the tire off quickly enough and then it slows everything down. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think a lot of the time it's just like it has to, it, for that to all function properly, it's going to happen less often than, you know, maybe ideally people would so want So if it someone to. messes up, What's like the vibes behind the scene? Are they just like, <laughs> Joe, he's absolutely fired. He's like not coming back. Like if somebody messes up, are they like, ne- like you'll get him next time, buddy? Or like, what's what's on the line here? What are they, how do they feel about each other? I feel like that depends on the team. It's yeah. Gotta. Um, but I, they never like publicly call out. They're never like, no. oh yeah, well I would have won, but it, Joe on the front right tire ruined everything. Um, but you can definitely tell there are times where there's like, they'll get very upset. Yeah. Um, but I also like a lot of them have other roles beyond just like, just doing the tire changing. Mm. And they're all like that team of mechanics that work together and they travel together. So I would like to think that they're like a family and then they're mm. each other, but I guess it depends how bad it is. Yeah. I, in my mind, I'm hoping that it's like, have you guys ever 
gone to like a, a volleyball game, like yep. an indoor volleyball game or like even outdoor, like beach, like <laughs> they are all like, okay, one point doesn't matter. Like we're going to get the next one because there's other chances for them during that race or even throughout the season to prove that they are meant to be at that spot or even mm. move up within that. So I think that I hope like Jamie would say that it's not like you're one and done, get out of here. Sayonara. They also do practice. And it's like a very, I could never be a tire changer or I could never be a pit crew member. I would. No, I, panic. my hands would shake too much. I panic. <laughs> you try to, to unscrew the tire. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my cat is trying to steal my turkey sandwich and it's just really not going great. <laughs> Honey just wants to be on the podcast. She does. And she deserves a spot, just not on this podcast, unfortunately. Next Imagine one, honey, we got she you. just has a podcast. It's just her purring for an hour and a half. I you would listen. listen to that. <laughs> a little ASMR. Honestly, put that on YouTube. All right. That's Monetize my next business that. idea. My next, I'm a visionary and that's my next vision. <laughs> um, okay. So my next question, this is like, again, I mean this no harm. Um, there's not really casual watchers of F1. Like anybody I've met who watches F1 has like F1 merch. There's like a hill that they're willing to die on. They'll stay up till 3 a.m., <clears throat> Jacqueline, to like watch these cars circle a track in the most simplistic, What what is the appeal? There's no, like it's like Taylor, Taylor Swift. Like there's no casual Taylor Swift fans. It's like, oh, I put my body on the line to see her live. So like- <laughs> What's what's the appeal? What appeal? What is it about F1 that like has people so wrapped up in the story? I think it's different for each person. Yeah. Um, but there's like millions of you guys out there that are I like know, crazy. So many. I feel like it is different for each person. There's so we both got into it because of Drive to Survive, mm -hmm. um, which we both still love. And That's the Netflix documentary, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think it also helps to, I remember who we were talking about this with, Jamie, but there's only 20 drivers in F1. There's obviously like other people on their teams um, that you can like learn about and learn their names and all that stuff. But you only really have to know really 20 people, mm. unlike NFL where it's hundreds of people or even hockey which I feel like isn't have that actual many, but they do have a lot of people on their team. So I feel like that was also simpler. Um, I also love like the theatrics of F1, mm. <laughs> the drama, the people going at each other, the disputes over money. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's <laughs> like, I, I think a big thing of it is like, because it's such, it's a small league you kind of know it's like you know it's the same 20 drivers and then their same 10 teams um so it's very easy to get into the drama and the storylines of it and then i think that does like that's what sucked us in yeah and i you know that's i think what sucks a lot of people in um but yeah, it is, it is crazy when you like think about it. Like, yeah, I stayed up till 3 a.m. to watch a race where I like knew before it even started who was going to win. <laughs> Just this season. We don't know. Don't put that out for next season. <laughs> we don't. Maybe it'll be different. <laughs> I think it's the story of it. The, it's, it's 
when it's a smaller group, so you can really, you know, like this person's, you know, everybody to a certain extent's like backstory and you know, like who to root for and who's currently having X fight with this person. And I think it pulls you in. It's like Real Housewives. I was going to say, it's giving Bravo. It's giving reality TV. Exactly. Exactly. And as you know, if you're a listener or Nina, we love Bravo. We are big Bravo fans. Oh, yeah. Salt Lake City reunion, (laughs) part three. Can't wait. Oh, my God. It's on tonight. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, I think that's got to be, it's it's definitely a magnitude of different things. And I think also, like, you just get adrenaline watching it. Mm, um, I do. I know. <laughs> I, 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 like I, I get anxious. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I will say it's an interest. It's interesting to we when we meet a fan that didn't become a fan through like Netflix. I think it would be interesting to see if they have a different perspective to it. Yeah, um, because. Yeah, I don't know if you're as invested in, like, the story behind people if you're not someone who's, you know, following that type of stuff. Because, like, Drive to Survive is all, I mean, a lot of it's a little fake, but, like, reality Mm -hmm. TV. One day, maybe, we'll we'll find someone that we can ask that to. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to. An OG fan before it was dramatized. Before it was cool. Yeah. Um, Okay, so... This is kind of an off the wall question, but it came to mind while you guys were talking. I like, where are the women? <laughs> what <laughs> we've been asking yeah. ourselves that same question. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm hearing both of you talk about like, I don't know your experiences and how you got hooked and your two girls who are in F1, which I would say is probably I guess a male dominated like fandom. That's a total guess. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm like, you two have a podcast about it. You like where are the other women talking about it? Where are the women in F1? Like where, where did we go in this whole story? There's a, um, so they have a totally separate, it's called F1 Academy and big shout out. We're big fans of them. <laughs> we love them. We love, they Susie should Wolf, have a show. Do they have a show? Icon. I don't know if they do. That's yet. a show they, I would watch. That's a show I would watch. Yeah, I bet they'll be featured totally. in this in some way. I would bet they'll be at least mentioned in this upcoming season of Drive to Survive because this past yeah. year was their first year. Oh. Um, yeah. But they like, the, started getting televised at the end. But, you know, yeah. they're televised and they're going to be televised next year. And that's... The, the goal of out. that series, though, is to get more women eventually into F1. So these are all um, younger, younger women who eventually, ideally, will move up through the rankings of other formula series. So like that's the F3, F2, and then at the top is F1 and F4 is below F3. Um, The idea is to support more women through the series to eventually hopefully have a female F1 driver. Um, In terms of the drivers, I think it's just there haven't been the opportunities like in so many things. Like there haven't been the opportunities for women that there have for men. I mean, it's so expensive mm. to get to that point that I think it's just there. It hasn't been there. Um, and in terms of women talking about the sport, there's a big online community of female 
Formula One and motorsport fans, um, there is a decent amount, I would say, Jack, correct me if you disagree, of representation in terms of broadcasters, female broadcasters. Um, I think it's getting back up there. Um, You know, I'm a huge fan of Naomi Schiff. I'm probably pronouncing her name wrong, so don't sound like I'm a huge fan, but I am. Uh, I love her. She's broadcaster. She's a racer. I think she's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a lot there. I think too, there's a lot of like, as Jamie's saying, there's just a, it is like an untapped market though, that they're still trying to figure out. And I'd love to see more information on the women that are on the teams. Cause I think Red Bull's head strategist is, isn't Hannah. that Hannah? Mm-hmm. And she's incredible. Mm, if I could that. talk with her for even just 10 minutes, I think it would, I would learn so much. Like she seems so smart and so cool. Um, they're definitely trying to still figure it out. Um, I think it's going to be slow, sadly. Um, yeah. And I mean, this sport is like a, you know, classically white rich man mm-hmm. sport. So mm-hmm. Hopefully, you know, I think we're, we're, there are things that are, are promising for us to be moving in the right direction, but there's, there's a need for all around drivers, fans, um, principals, principals, yeah, uh, yeah, creator, creator recognition and and things like that, you know. Do you think that this, if we think this could end up on the wrong side of the internet, we don't have to keep this in, but (laughs) do you think women drivers will end up competing with the male drivers or do they always have to stay in their own league? Like, could they hold their own in? So yeah, they'll, um, they'll end up eventually with uh, the men. So F1 Academy is like the specific for women to hopefully get them more opportunities. Um, But once they leave F1 Academy, they go into series with men. So uh, yeah. So, Marta Garcia is racing in, I believe, Freca this year, which is a Formula 4 series, a Formula Renault, Formula Renault series, which is, you know, eventually will feed her, hopefully, up into like a Formula yeah. 1 type thing. Um, and that will be with men. Um, Jamie Chadwick is another young, up-and-coming female racing driver, and she is racing in Indy Next, which is basically Formula 2 for IndyCar, the American racing series. Um, so yeah, hopefully they do well. And like the goal is basically to nurture the talent, get them in front of teams and in front of people and sponsors to hopefully get them moving up the ranks. Yeah. yeah Cause and that would be a plot line that would like wrap me in. Like I would watch that. Yeah, no, I think so. I would like to see more. I would like to see more women like on the team specifically too. Um, not even just drivers. I think I would like, I would love a woman team principal. I know that Williams had one um, and she was there for a while. Um, And then I think her, I think her name is Sophie. We have, there is a girl, a woman in F3. Yeah. Yeah. So she's an F3 in a feeder program. Um, So it's happening. It still is just at a, like, I think anything else with inclusion at a glacial pace. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So now I'm sort of understanding some of the dynamics here, but on the track, who are they, are they competing against their own teammates 
are you when you're on the same team are you like working together is it like a group score or you're trying to like kick your teammates ass but <laughs> <laughs> um, i don't think we need to bleep ass i think we're I, good I think, you oh, ass ass. Fair. <laughs> I think asses they don't they don't bleep it on bravo and that's what i'm going for okay <laughs> um so the weird thing is it's kind of both like yeah so your teammate is your greatest competitor because that is the only person right on the grid that has the same car as you. Um, so that person, if you look at Max Verstappen winner of this year's championship by a gazillion miles, like crushed everybody else was winning every race by 30 seconds. His teammate was very far behind him. I think he finished like 300 points behind him in the championship. So even though he finished second in the driver's championship, still everyone's like not a great season for him because the person you're really competing against is that person that has that we can all kind of look at and be like, all right, you're in the same car. So you should be performing, you know, you should be beating your competitor. Um, But also there's the constructor's championship, which is the team championship. So while you want to be beating your teammate, you also want to be doing whatever is best to gain more points in the constructors championship, because that's where like millions and millions of dollars are between like P7 and P8 in the constructors championship, which is like almost last. There's like 20 or $30 million in prize money between those two places. Jeez. Yeah. A lot of money. But you'll hear it sometimes on radios um, of team strategists saying, hey, let so-and-so pass. And it will, be, it will be those team orders. So it can be a little, there can be like a sourness between teammates sometimes, depending on how well that like person kind of knows that, oh, I'm always going to be like, the, they call it the second driver because they Ooh. do rank them kind of. Ferrari says that they don't. They they definitely do, um, like the favorite child kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of like their like golden the, boy. The golden. Well, it's child. like the one who's going to yeah. be prioritized. A lot of times, it's like who's doing better in the championship, um, and that's another like going back to our conversation about strategy. Like that's like decisions that are being made on the pit wall, and then it's like okay, you have to let your teammate by, and. There have been, it's not super often, but there have been instances where the driver will just ignore them and not let yeah. the person by. And then it's big drama. Yeah. So that's like dealt with behind the scenes, I suppose, of like what yeah, happens. So the, the most famous one is this one, or not maybe the most famous one, but the one that I think of is this it's called Multi-21. That's what they refer to it as. Um, and it was these two drivers and one was in front, one was behind and the one behind the person on the radio was said this code word multi 21 which basically meant like hold the position Mm. like the driver in front was number two driver behind was number one so like hold second and then first and he ignored that and passed him and then went on to win the race and in the cool down room like after the race which is where they like drink some water before they go do the podium the driver that was supposed to be number two, who was supposed to be like out in front and prioritized walks up to him and goes, multi 21, you were, you ignored that multi 21. And then they had to like cut the cameras because they're like, they're fighting. 
So was it like bad for their team that he still won? But the team, I believe, still won the constructors that year. So it was like fine, but it was um, basically they were like, for whatever strategy reason, we're trying to prioritize Mark was the yeah. driver too. And then Sebastian, who in our eyes can do no wrong. So can it's do fine. no wrong. We love him. <laughs> <laughs> he was supposed to be holding that position, yeah. um, but chose to ignore it because they were at this point still battling for the driver's championship. So Sebastian was like, I will take that win. Thank you very much. Yeah. So teammates might not like get along. Like they could be nemeses. Yeah. Yeah. Are they ever like, is it ever in their best interest to work together or is it always kind of like there has to be a favorite in order for like long-term strategy to win? I think there are teammate relationships that like they work together, like yeah. Lewis Hamilton and, and Valtteri were together for a long time, many years and they always worked together. But I think for that truly to work out, one driver has to be okay with basically being driver number two. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Always having to like let the person pass and just kind of accepting like I'm never going to be the one that they're going to prioritize, which has got to be a hard conversation to have because Brutal. even you see it now with like Red Bull's team, which is Max and Checo who came in first and second this year, you know, Checo's still constantly fighting with the team of why are you giving me these orders and like, why are you telling me to go this fast when you're telling Max to go quicker? Yeah. So but it, the it good news is, is, like, regardless of how, like, that's a pretty often, like, or common dynamic, at least on track. But I feel like usually those, the drivers, at least from what they show us, can yeah. kind of leave that on the track and still, like, treat each other well off track. Maybe they're not besties, but, like, you know, they can chit chat with each other sometimes it does become very very toxic um yeah but usually i feel like they can still have a good relationship and sometimes and i think too like they have the correct kind of i don't know if algorithm is the right word for it but like with the current like relationships on mercedes right now like the number two driver is learning from the like the best in the world so he's going to be learning. And then when he's willing to like step down, he's going to step up and then we'll train kind of the person that comes in after him. That's kind of like the, I, mm. I think a perfect setup. Yeah. And like then an ideal combo. McLaren's doing something similar where they had a rookie this year and he was obviously going to be number two and mm. he's learning from a really great driver. So sometimes they have like the really good setups. There's like good opportunities like, in that. Yeah. It sounds like. As long as it can be this like mentor mentee relationship yeah. that I think works really well. That's kind of cool actually. And Jamie, you mentioned something that caught my attention because this goes into one of my other questions. They're both driving the same car, like same exact car. Yep. Yeah. There will be rumors that they won't, but they are. In terms of the only thing that would be different between the two cars is um, some of them have like different setup preferences, meaning like, you know, where are the buttons on the, the, steering wheel um or like if one of them likes balance in their car to be like a little bit more shifted like onto the nose versus the other one they can change things like that like the car balance and stuff but like the parts of the car and the build of the car 
is the same. And they're all, all the cars are different amongst the teams though. Yes. Yeah. And like, again, maybe this is like such a stupid question. I just have no conceptual understanding of like physics and dynamics, but how different are the cars from each other? Yeah. So I'm not, I don't really understand aer the aerodynamic element of it either. <laughs> but um, in terms of like the car's differences from each other, it's all these like super professional scientists will work for a full year, if not more, on how they make their car within the regulations the fastest it possibly can be. And a lot of that goes from like, like the floor of the car is a huge thing and how they like organize that. Um, and like, yeah, just like the setup of the nose, that front piece, the sides of the car, and all of that is developed within one team. And yeah. then that information is proprietary, I believe, for the year. So they do not share that information while that car is being used. And then at the end of that year, certain elements of that become public and other teams can buy it. Ooh. Meaning oh, there's been years where like uh, so teams will show up with their cars for the year and people will be like, that car looks exactly the same as this other team's car from last year because they just bought mm. all the information they could about what the <laughs> car was. Fair enough, honestly. Use your resources. Has anyone come out with like some like crazy, I don't know, like new science that like rocks the F1 car industry? Like what what new changes can they really in the Again, past they've done some car. crazy they've done some crazy yeah. things like years and years and years ago. Um yeah. there was regulations like are, and are I have, so strict now that it's like Yeah, it's tough to to yeah. really play around with it, but there was an F1 car that had like four back wheels, like it had like two on each side and then like the front wheel, it was crazy looking. Um, they've tried a bunch of different things specifically with the side pods. Yeah. <laughs> like the things on the side of the car that like jut out. Um, but they really, I don't think that they have been able to do anything. Yeah. Regulations I mean are really tough and they'll randomly check after races. That was like a big thing this past year. Um, yeah, like there, so there have everything. been things that have been determined to be un not allowed. Like at one point, Mercedes had this setting on their car that would push the wheel forward of the car to like make it more stable, essentially. So like the driver's hands extend and then the wheel, something was happening with the steering wheel that was making it the car more stable. Wow. And once other teams noticed that they like reported it and it was determined that it wasn't allowed. Um, and then there's obviously like the, the innovations that I guess we don't hear about, like yeah. the Red Bull car this year was so much faster than everybody else's. So like lots of work clearly went into that. I have no idea though, how I don't. Well then um, Jamie, remember the, didn't Ferrari have like, they deemed it illegal later on, but like a fan. But yeah. That was an engine. That was like their engine had like in a 2019 plane. Ferrari did have an illegal car. And I think we should bring it back because that year actually went pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> We're so fast. Yeah. We're such a, such a fast car. <laughs> Has anyone like ever sabotaged somebody else's car? Not to my knowledge. Someone else's car. Hilarious. Someone else's race. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. There's. Oh, cause, um, yeah. I suppose you could totally sabotage somebody if you wanted to. Yeah. They've done it. The one that I know of. 
I think the most are um, like really during qualifying, right? Or am I? Yeah. I mean, there can be tons of different ones. Like Fernando Alonso um, sabotaged Lewis Hamilton's qualifying once by just like he came in to get his tires changed and then just sat there and Lewis was behind him waiting and then all the time ran out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, these boys are petty, dude. They're petty. Fernando Alonso is just always at the scene of the crime. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Or there's like, back in the day, this really doesn't happen anymore. um, But like, Michael Schumacher once or twice has uh, has may or may not have crashed people out on purpose. (laughs) Um, Like, stuff like that. But I don't think, I don't think especially nowadays, I don't think you could get to an opposing teammate's car. Like that. Yeah. The security is so tired. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That kind of sounds like a fun undercover mission I'd like to be called in for like scout out. I don't know. That should be a movie again. It's like, like oceans eight. Yeah. Someone write that down. (laughs) I need a pen and a paper. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I'm just shelling out ideas today. (laughs) I'm full of them. So (laughs) I feel like this is like a good summary question for both of you to answer. Is it the driver or is it the car? Do you want to start, Jack? Give your your take first. Do you think you'll have a different opinion than me? Do I have to pick one? I mean, I know my opinion. My opinion is it's both. No, yeah. you can't have both. Yeah, can't have both. <laughs> My opinion is it's both. Um, it really, a good driver. It really is because, like, I just my I, my immediate thought is like to Alex Albon, who love Nina. You'd love him. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna make her a Williams girl. Um, <laughs> he who is a phenomenal driver has great instincts, but the car is just not fast enough. Um, that's like my immediate thought is you, you need both. And I guess if I had to choose, I would say car. Yeah, I think. But you really need both. Um, You need somebody with the correct instincts, somebody who knows tire management to make, and like, again, the whole strategy aspect of it. You need like a seasoned driver. Yeah, and you need it all to kind of, like, come together. Like, you need the car to be a a well-built car, a very fast car, but it also needs to work with the driver because everyone has different preferences and different driving styles. Um, But, yeah, so, like, the another example of, like, it it needs to be both is, like, the spread between Max and Checo this season, which we have brought up several times. But, like, that car, they're in the same car, but Max was basically more or less wiping the floor with him. Mm. Uh, but the on the other hand, like you if you put all of those drivers in the exact same car, I'd say there's maybe like half a second, maybe a little bit more between them on a lap time. Yeah. Like mm. it would be I think it would be close. Well, it's like really interesting like going back to like, is how is this a sport? I feel like it's probably one of the few sports where the equipment really does make a huge difference. Like if you th- like, I think growing up, you know, I played soccer and my dad was always like, it's not about the ball. It's about the player or whatever. I feel like there's very few sports where the equipment is like a major 
major key. Like it's not just about your talent sometimes. Like maybe golf. I'm sure there's others too where like yeah. certain equipment could like make or break you. But it's really interesting that this is what, probably one of the few sports where if your car is not fast enough, you simply are not going to win that race. Oh, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> Honey also agrees. <laughs> no, this, I think that's really well, like very well put. I think that's and very it's, true. It's wild too. I think about how, how difficult and frustrating that can be that like you got to formula one because you are the best, one of the best in the world. And then you just, Oh, hello. <laughs> For, for those of us or that listen and don't watch us, today is a great day to watch us yeah. on YouTube rather than just listening because we have cat cameos. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you should see, like, this is why I work from the office almost exclusively because this happens constantly. <laughs> constantly. Um, but what was I? Yeah, like you can. Sorry. <laughs> I forget what I was saying. It wasn't really that. It clearly wasn't life changing. It was uh, groundbreaking. It could have been. It really could have been. And <laughs> Honey just stole the show, which is like her favorite thing to do. But essentially, the bottom line is, well, I think you were saying something to the effect of like it could be really frustrating that you could yes. work so hard, and your yeah. car or your team or your funding just mm -hmm. might not get you there. Yeah. And, and they've tried to change that on. a little bit with like there is a cost cap in place about how much each team can spend mm. throughout a season or a year. Um, I don't think it's helped all that much to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, I don't it'll know if it's too while. early. Yeah. Yeah. It will yeah, just take a while to really put itself into effect. I don't know if it's either one, but I would it's, like to see, uh, I'd like to see them all race in the same car just to like kind of put things to rest. I just want to yeah, know. Well, you know some, like, Hunger Games style. Driver, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Throw them out there. See who makes it. Some driver fans are real annoying about how they good they think their their person is, but they're like, if they had so and so's car, they'd wipe the floor. And it's like, no, they wouldn't. Mm. Yeah. Be for I real. Like, like a once and for all. <laughs> yeah. Let's just let's just put this all to rest and see yeah. who really is the best in equal machinery. Yeah, I think that would be so interesting. And like the difference between those machines cars um the funding i yeah. the only other thing i've really seen about f1 is that there's just like a lot of money surrounding the entire sport it wh where does that come from is it just like rich families who are, are like super invested in fostering like other rich people to drive rich expensive cars like what it's yeah so it's like yeah <laughs> the, 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 uh, it, there is some of that like the in terms of like the teams there's a lot of like brands and sponsorships and stuff like that but for um like a driver to come up through the ranks like us one season in formula two because you're in formula one you're like paid to drive you're a professional driver but in formula two you have to put your season on like you pay for it um and it's like $3 million. Oh my season. God. So yeah. either you come from a very wealthy background and you, you pay that yourself or you get sponsors um, who will pay that for you. Can you conceptually imagine 3 million? Like, could you imagine your kid is like, Hey, I want to do that money is just so intangible to me. The idea of. Yeah. Like, could you imagine like you're, you, 
your kid's like, hey, I want to do car racing. And all of a sudden you're dropping millions. Pick a different sport. That's like houses. That's bigger than people's houses. Like, And it's a year. That's one year. It's just for a year. How many, How like, what's like the the deterioration rate? Like how many people are trying to be F1 drivers versus like the 20 that make it per year? Oh, I don't know. Is it like, like a, thousands a of people want to do this or is it like? A I think question. a lot of people want to do it because they do have, a, there's a ton of, well, there's a ton of different ones that you can be a part of. Um, I just don't know. Well, you should start we, when you're like try. pretty young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we should try. One Out of, of the three of us, who's it. winning a race? <laughs> um, I have no interest in getting in that car. I think I I'll do it. I will do it. I would it. do it. I don't think I'm going to pass out, to be honest. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I don't have like a lot of willpower or general power. <laughs> I am just like horrifically risk averse. So I think I'd like get mm. up to the first turn and be like, I don't think I can do this. <laughs> I'm hitting the brakes. Like, <laughs> yeah. I need to do Don't a couple laps and then maybe I could take a turn at like 50 miles an hour. Maybe. I don't even know if I could do that. Uh, yeah. Cause like, honestly, now I'm thinking about it. I remember <laughs> during driver's ed when I was like 16 or 15, they made us do this thing where you like went full speed as like fast as you could across this parking lot. And then there was a cone. And at the last second you had to like whip your car sideways to like avoid hitting the cone. I fucking, I freaking failed that. <laughs> Every single time. I was never able to successfully complete that task. It's a miracle I got my license. Um, but yeah, we no, I not have do that. I don't know. We didn't they, have to do that. that. We didn't have to do that. that sounds, also, in the years of having you, my driver's license, never ran into a situation where I needed that skill. No, or, I don't did know. Did you take lessons through like GTA or Fast and Furious? Grand Theft Auto? <laughs> <laughs> it was actually through my high school. Um, and now that I think about it, I don't know that the driver's ed teacher was ever completely sober not to like start a conspiracy theory or like <laughs> ruin someone's we life love conspiracy theories on this podcast okay. we're big fans my driver's ed teacher was a drunk i'll say it <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I did no, try I and i failed many times so that would explain that exercise because like what person in their right mind would be like every kid needs <laughs> to was, know how to he was it. probably absolutely geeking he was like i wonder what I could like make these kids try to do like we're in an empty parking lot he's just got like a bottle of vodka yeah and we're just winging full speed (laughs) through the parking lot at a traffic cone knowing yeah knowing pretty well well these kids to do anything he's like bragging to other teachers he's like these kids are crazy they'll do anything without full speed (laughs) 75 miles an hour (laughs) he's going back and telling stories and oh the worst part was is we we did it in pairs so there's like someone in the back seat too so you've got like my friend behind me multiple people's lives yeah and i'm doing some i'm i'm i don't know crazy donuts in the parking lot <laughs> he's he's making us like absolutely push ourselves to live i did cry to be honest um but i would cry that's so stressful all i did in driver's ed was like learn how to parallel park like I didn't. Yeah, and I thought that was stressful. I barely could do that. That was hard. No, like there was 50, one time 50. where, like, our because our dad, t- they, our drivers dad didn't do it. Maybe it's because we learned in the spring. But we, our dad would take us out during like one after one snowstorm when we first got our license and make us drive really fast and slam on the brakes so we knew he how. He never made me do to, that. 
Oh, he made me do that. Are you <laughs> serious? He made me do that. <laughs> okay, Dad, I know he's listening. <laughs> you traumatized me with that. <laughs> but Honestly, now I know now to best. break and like. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing to know. Are you supposed because, to not break on ice? Well, it was like, it's so to know that you'll you're still You're not supposed move, to slam on the brakes. You're not supposed to, yeah. like, you're supposed to, like, kind of. Uh, but you're just feeling that sensation of, like, so you're So he's like, this is why, you know, forward. yeah, so don't, don't slam on your brakes. Like, this is the correct way to do it. So it, yes. I learned a lot, but yeah. it was scary. <laughs> I did end up in somebody's front yard from that exact situation. Did so. you? Wait, for real? Are I, you joking? No, I'm so serious. Like, I was on the ice and. Again, he never taught us how to drive in the snow. My driver's ed teacher. So I didn't know that you weren't supposed to brake. So I'm slamming on the brakes. My car is like <laughs> whirling in someone's front yard. It was a particularly icy winter. But um, yeah, I survived. So here we are. Here you are. Here, we here are. I am. I've only been hit, and, hit and, been hit by one bus in my life. So I think <laughs> <laughs> my credentials for being an F1 driver are... My driver's that teacher was drunk. I don't know how to drive in the cold. And I've only gotten hit by a one bus in my life. So someone gets Susie Wolf on the phone. We got the next F1 Academy driver right here. Oh I God. think you can expect your next Formula One contract in the mail any day. Yeah. I'm actually like, it's, like it's gonna come. I was gonna say it's like Hogwarts. <laughs> Honey, my co-pilot. Yeah. <laughs> a term a date. If you are someone looking to sign Nina to be your driver for the next season, you just have to keep in mind that the that Honey will be joining. Yes. Um, I'm kind of imagining a of like a little bit of like a kid's book cartoon. Like a girl becomes an F1 driver and her co-pilot is a little orange cat. Someone write this down. Again. <laughs> write it down. Nina, you are coming up with ideas left and right tonight. This is this never happens, I'll be honest. Not that it's just flowing. flowing. Yeah. yeah. She's like laser focused on that turkey sandwich right now. <laughs> like I, there is drool coming out, so this is good. Oh my gosh! Oh my well, god! On that note, thanks for putting up with my cat. I'm so sorry she if she distracted anybody multiple times. Oh, we love it. We, we love, love it. it. We love her. Yes, and thank you so much for joining, Nina. Thank you for bringing yeah, the you. the greatest questions, the hard hitting questions. <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure they were hard hitting, but they were questions. So thanks for they answering were questions them. And they were they were necessary. We get those all the time. Yes. So yeah. it was definitely you're not alone in any of those questions. It makes me feel like maybe I could watch F1 and enjoy it. So yes, that's absolutely. We're gonna, we're gonna do. Oh my god, she took the turkey sandwich. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> I am the worst. I am the worst guest of all time. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. I'm crying. I'm actually I'm appalled. I am appalled. Uh, no, I'm crying oh my too. God. I, I should leave. I'll be honest. Oh my god. Okay, on that note, Nina, thank you for coming. You're so welcome, guys. We loved having you on. We will have you on again soon to discuss your career in F1. Mm -hmm. Um, Please keep us updated. We will be tagging Nina in all of our social videos. Mm. Um, I wish Honey had an account right now, which we could plug, (laughs) but 
she's she's often featured on my tiktok so yeah uh, yeah if you're a book reader uh go follow nina on tiktok i think it's at nina swanson right um, I think it, I changed it recently to Nina cries a lot because I do cry often, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'll confirm that later. We'll tag her. Well, thank you very much, Nina. Um, and yes, we'll see you on socials this week, everybody. And um, see you back on the podcast next week. Love you. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.